Okay, here we go. You ready? I'm ready. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Okay. Welcome to Nail Talk. We're the Nail Family. My name is Mike. This is my wife, Leslie. Uh, we just took away all of our dog's squeaky toys so that we can record this in peace. Amen. We're glad you're here. We're just jumping right into it. Um, this is going to be the first uh, installment of a podcast that we really feel like we wanted to put together. Um, it goes without saying that we feel like we really have a lot to say. Um, Always. And that, I don't know, we've just had really good talks, and so we figured we'd want to share it with you guys. Um, just about our life, how we came to be as you know, young adults, young parents, um, I don't know, in life. And just navigating life together. Yeah, I agree. Through open communication right. and making ourselves better, making our families better, and making it better for people all around us, basically. Right. And so this episode of this podcast is just going to be us kind of telling you what the podcast is about, um, who we are, how we kind of uh, came to get to know one another. Because um, it took us until our adult lives to kind of fully realize like who we were as people. Um, and we had to take time individually in order to spend time to get to know ourselves, which I really think played a, a big part into our marriage. For sure. Because it, it really isn't cliche in saying that you, you don't have the room to get to know somebody else until you at least attempt to fully understand yourself, right? Right. Um, and so we're going to go through... Um, who we were, who we were raised as, um, what that kind of shaped us to be, and how that molded us. We're going to take you through our journey since, you know, before we met one another, all the way up until we met one another, and then how that's changed after we got married and had our son. Um, so. To current. Yeah. Why don't you introduce yourself to me as if you hey. have never met me before in your whole life. Wow. I'm just this dashing individual across a coffee table. Who has oh, suddenly sweating? You're always sweating. <laughs> That's all. That's it. That's all. You go ahead. This feels embarrassing immediately. You wrote but... you wrote this part of the script, so <laughs> it should not be embarrassing at all. Actually. Oh well, I didn't imagine I was going to be going on a first date with you. I'm nervous now. <laughs> Our first date actually was was far more embarrassing than this, so it should it should not be that big of a deal. Oh, is this a story for another episode? Yeah, probably. Okay. Um, hi, I'm You're, Leslie. You don't actually need to introduce yourself to me. I know who you are. <laughs> My name is Leslie, and um, I was raised in a small town in Missouri. And go Pampers. Go Pampers, as go our son says. Um, my whole life, I feel like I've lived in a small town and been around small town people. And I really knew inside of me that, like, I wanted to see the world and I wanted to travel and I wanted to know what was outside of my small town. I was always. How small are you talking, by the way? Go ahead and let everybody know how small this town is. 1,600 people is, like, the population of the town. And that's, like, up to date today. Yeah. Like, I graduated with 49 kids in my class. I was one of 49. <laughs> students in her class. She doesn't have that many siblings. She's not that kind of Midwest. No. <laughs> Go. Okay, so small town. I always wanted to know what was out there. And so I feel like I always had like random obsessions with like California. Um, and Same. like 
always interested in going there, even though I didn't actually go there until I was in my 20s. Um, but anyway, so grew up in a small rural area, was very interested and involved in FFA, Future Farmers of America. Sorry, I'll just laugh because that's one of our niece's spelling words and she can't pronounce it. Rural. 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 R-U-R-A-L. Rural. Good job spelling me. Rural. Great job. I was number two in my spelling bee. I don't know. <laughs> well, not number one. I'm not going to name drop who came in first, but <laughs> she cheated. She cheated. Hey, babe, could you just spell for the podcast the word chrysanthemum? Yes, yeah, C-H-R-Y-S-A-N-T-H-E-M-U-M, chrysanthemum. I messed and it you'll up. never forget. No, I messed it up in the, in the fourth grade. And I lost. Looks out the window, sadly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I interrupted you again. Okay. I'm from a small town. Yeah. That's the long, that's the period. That's the end. On and the end. A, that's the podcast. Thanks for coming, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I was really involved in FFA growing mm-hmm. up, so mm-hmm. that's what I thought I wanted to do with my life. I thought I wanted to be an FFA teacher, for lack of better words. An, an ag teacher at the school. That an you, ag teacher, that you yeah. Grew up in. I thought I wanted re- to return to my small town, do the same thing. I felt like it would make my dad really proud of me for being interested in agriculture like he is. He's always been in ag my whole life. Um, But I spent a year at Missouri State in Springfield, Missouri, and had a good year. I mean, it was fun. Like I had a fun time. I met fun people, Um, but I knew that just wasn't the life for me, I guess. Why not? I, I don't know. Something inside of me was just like, no. Like, I had a position as a resident assistant for the following year. So I would have had Oh, my, I didn't know you were an RA. Well, I wasn't. Oh, well, I mean, you were supposed <laughs> to be, but you weren't. Yeah, so oh, okay. I got I accepted to be an RA. So I would have had, like, a lesser God dang. college expense. I feel like that's something that I should have known. Like, I feel like I... Like, if I had known that well, you accepted a, period, a position to be an RA before we... Well, this is before we start dating. Oh, yeah, we didn't even know each other. Oh, man. I totally would have been like, do it. Well, anyway. Okay. Well, so I accepted this position. And then literally in July of that year, I was like, I'm not coming back. We've been together almost nine years. And I have not ever heard that before <laughs> in my life. Surprise. This is why we're doing a podcast, I guess. You didn't just make that up, did you? That's like, No, it's a real thing. It's not just content. I mean, no, I literally posted on Instagram. I was like, I'm going to be an RA at Missouri State next year. When? Are you really about to go through go, all Please my continue. Inst- okay. So, <laughs> as you can tell, why Mike doesn't know this about me is that I did not return. I did not become an RA at Missouri State the next year. Um, I went to a small Christian college um, near my hometown and worked like my high school job. I like went home on the weekends. I was going to like my high school church. I was just doing like basically all the same things like in my small town, but learning about like Christian content, I guess, at the college. Um, this is a fun fact. Okay. I want to see if I know this one. Um, there was a guy that I was friends with at the Christian college who told me about this camp um, and was like, I had a friend who was a camp counselor here. It was really cool. He had a really good experience. 
you should try out this camp because I told myself if I was living near my hometown during college that I wanted to like go somewhere crazy, do something fun for the summertime. So he told me about this um, kids camp in Maryland and I was like, Maryland is almost as far away from home as I can go. Um, so I'm going to do that. So, uh, went to Maryland, which we'll pick back up on that a little bit later. Um, worked at the kids camp for the summer. And then at the end of the 10 weeks, they were like, we have an internship program where you can learn about yourself and grow and take on responsibilities that you probably shouldn't have as a 20 something year old person. And, um, you can do that all here. And so I dropped out of college again and stayed in Maryland and um, was living my best life at that time. You're not gonna find it. No, I'm not. This is this is a really- I post a lot on Instagram. This is a really diluted. I do have some questions about who some of these people are though. Okay. Oh. Okay, I'm finished with my um, Sorry. backstory. I just, just really wanted to fact check you. I'll show you later, I guess. No, nah, you don't need to show me. That's pretty neat, though. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's pretty neat. Um, so the reason that we feel like this podcast is going to be somewhat relevant and somewhat desirable to listen to is that we have very, very different upbringings. Um, not to say one of our upbringings is better than the other, but they're just like genuinely, I believe, like polar opposite upbringings. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she she went to school and graduated with 42 people. 49? 49 people. Sorry. Come on, babe. I had 49 people in my geometry class. Ge- genuinely, I had 49 people in my geometry class. I was born and raised in Montgomery County, which is 30 minutes outside of Washington, D.C. Um, and it is the, statistically, it's the most diverse county um, in the United States. I'm pretty sure that's what the statistic was. I think was. so. Yeah, it's definitely up there. Um, very, very different upbringing. Um, it's just people stacked on people, stacked on people, stacked on people. Um, my graduating class was somewhere around 1,100, 1,200 people, um, which came as a culture shock when I first came to our, our, our new hometown now because it's just so small. Um, and the, So you graduated with as many people that live in this town. Correct, yeah. Like, like Leslie can name the birthdays of every single person and the names of every single people that she person that she graduated. Not with. everyone's birthday, but definitely like a, pretty damn close. <laughs> like, like a handful for sure. Like pretty damn close. I have. <laughs> I can't tell you my best. But my best. I know my best friend's birthday is in August. Sorry, I can tell Gideon. you. It's. I can tell you that it's in the twenties of August, but I cannot tell you which twenty that it is off the top of my head currently. Um. I also can't tell you, like, I ran around with probably the same, like, eight or nine people. Um, and I don't know, like, two or three of them were in my year. I, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, I had friends that, that spanned across a bunch of years in high school. But the the culture out there um, is much different in the sense that it's very success-driven. Like, in, I, I came to this realization when I was studying um, just, like, how I was brought up and you know the values that I have um, is that the students in the in the school system that I was that I was raised in I really believe become less of a student and more of a statistic and more of a number. Like I can tell you what my student ID number was. I can mm-hmm. tell you um, because we needed that to log into like literally everything. Yeah. 
when we got uh, tests handed out to us, occasionally they would call us up by ID number and then they would post test scores and post like seed assignments by student ID number. Mm-hmm. Like we all have names. Like we all have unique names. So like why put the ID numbers down? Right. That's just so bizarre to me. Um, and so it was very success driven. Our standardized test scores were literally everything. Um, I was in a, a program in high school that essentially taught you like critical thinking and deduction um, so that you could get higher scores on standardized tests. And I feel, mm-hmm. I feel like it worked. I feel like I did really well. Yeah. Um, uh, the expectation, so I'm the oldest kid in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the youngest kid in your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the expectation of me, um, both spoken and unspoken, was always like success. And that's mm-hmm. why I feel like I, as a parent, am even so strict just because like A's were not only the expectation, but they were the norm. You know, like I have... Um, I have an older cousin and she is, she's phenomenal. Um, she's brilliant. She's smart. And it wasn't like an aggressive, like, why can't you be more like her? It was more of like, a, Oh, look at all the crazy things that she's done. Look at all these awesome things that she's accomplishing mm-hmm. in the back of my mind. I'm like pressure. I, yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a building. Little, there's a little bit of pressure there, you know? Yeah. Um, and not to say I didn't do well, um, cause I feel like I did well and I feel like, you know, I'm a product of the environment that I was raised in. Um, I just think it was it was a huge culture shock out here, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then, so I, I went to school out there and then I went to, cause I was like thoroughly done with it. So I figured <laughs> that like the only thing that would get me out of the situation that was, at, that I was in was geography. Mm-hmm. So at the time my mom was married to a dude who lived out in San Diego. Um, and we had a house out there for a while. Um, and it was really good. And I went to, I, I was like on and off in, in San Diego, California, all throughout my high school year. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea was that our, our whole family was going was gonna to move out there like two or three, actually the year after you graduated. Right. Um, and so I ended up going to, sorry, that's our dog whispering <laughs> in the background if you guys can't hear him. Um, he's, I think he's trying to nap, I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, I went to school at University of California, Santa Barbara. I, I majored in biological anthropology and I minored in science and math education. Yeah. What? Very different. Could not be different. Like, it couldn't be any more different. Um, it couldn't be any more different. Like, if there's any commonality between that, it's, you know, that we wanted to teach people eventually. And that even, like, I picked up my minor my junior year of college. And so yeah. it took me a long time to figure out that, like, I wanted to teach people. I think, like, one thing that's very common between us is that, like, not, teaching, I don't know as much. I don't know that I'm a great teacher. I think you're a very good teacher. I think you're a very naturally gifted teacher. But I do think we both have this like commonality of like, we want to help people. Right, right. And our heart is to like help and give to other people Mm -hmm. basically. Right. No, I like that. I agree to that. I can agree to that. Um, But college was, college was cool. There was a lot of times where I was, and it was hard for me because I came across a lot of times in college where I distinctly remember like calling my parents. I remember calling my mom, calling my dad and be like, this is not for me. I don't think that I'm going to be able to, you know, like I might need you to come pick me. Like mood quick. No, but like quick, <laughs> like, I spent three days in college, right? It was like, it was zero week. So it was like before week yeah. one even started, uh, I spent three days in college and the guy in the dorm room below me across the way, like I'd been in his dorm room before I knew mm-hmm. who the guy was. He was from, um, Escondido, California. So he was right from like where I was, I was like hanging out. Um, he got expelled because they found three like gallon bags of rock cocaine under his bed. I was like, I was in, again, mood. I was like, I was like, I was in his room yesterday. What do you mean? He, um, and so I called, I remember distinctly remember calling my mom, my mom and being like, 
get me out of here. Yeah. Get me out of here. I'm going to get, I'm going to get killed. Yeah. I'm going to get killed. Um, and it. You did it. No, I didn't. Plot twist. <laughs> I didn't get killed. But it was more, now that I think back on it, now that I like verbalize it, the more that I realized it was more of, and, it, and my mom did do this maliciously. I know that she did do this maliciously, yeah. but it was, the, if I can sum up the conversations I had with her and with my dad, um, it was kind of just like, you'll be fine. Like, stick it out. This is difficult. You can figure it out. Yeah. Like, fi- find out how to figure it out. And that was like, that's kind of the message that like I was, that's the kind of the message that kids are spoken in Montgomery County, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Like now. Yeah. Because like by the time you're done with high school, you're, that, that's essentially what you've been told for 12 years. Figure it out, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. Yeah. Um, and they don't tell you that you figure out who you are after you leave high school you figure out right. who you are after you leave the, the calling of your parents right because you're you're shaped you know you're raised by the environment that you are stuck in right. but you're formed um when you are separated from you know people comfort from, exactly yeah <laughs> you're gonna face you're gonna face a lot of things that are gonna put you face to face with with um just a lot of discomfort yeah and so that's really in what, every mental physical emotional like every single aspect absolutely. like you have this like discomfort right from being in a new place geographically right. and like emotionally being away from mm-hmm. like everyone and everything you've ever known right like, and so and what really came as a culture shock is that like i graduated top of my class like top five mm-hmm. in my class and i failed my first class like not even like not like c not like d like i got an f yeah in um what was it inorganic chemistry my freshman year yeah i thought my mom was gonna drive a stake through my chest (laughs) i like (laughs) i thought the asian parenting was gonna manifest so hard in my mom that she was going to put me six feet under breathing or not yeah and i've never felt such shame in my life yeah Um, i went from being the smartest person that i knew in every room to being pretty dumb like the 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 school was the school accepted a lot of really intelligent, really, really talented people. And I was no longer this really big fish in a really small pond, relatively. I was now this really, really small fish in an ocean. Right. And I had to figure out what the hell I was doing. Right. Um, so that was like one half of my life. <laughs> the other half of my life, I had been working since I was like 12, 13 years old at this Christian camp um, that Leslie was talking about. Um, it's a global nonprofit. And so I've been working there since I was a teenager. And so I, I kind of... The, the reason that I figured out that I, I enjoyed teaching and I enjoyed speaking to people and I enjoyed pouring into the lives of the people around me was through this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really helped shape me as a young adult in being able to find out my talents, my gifts, mm-hmm. um, what I enjoyed doing. And um, so that's where I kind of dove into after college. Like I, when I say dove in, I mean like I, <laughs> I was in leadership training um, during my finals week. I flew out to Maryland. I was in leadership training during my senior's finals week, then flew back out to take my three finals, pack up all my things, graduated, flew back, had training the next day, and then the summer began. Commitment. Like, that's how, like, that, yeah, that's how committed I was to, right. like, this organization and how much I respected the leaders that I worked under. Right. And so that's, um, then that was the year, I think. So I graduated in 2015. Mm-hmm. And that's the year that we met. Well, yes, that's the year that we were first. We first could have met. Fall of 2015 is when we met. Oh, fall of 2015. No, you're right. You're right. Fall. Of 2015. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, <laughs> that's where that's where we met. So because I ended up taking an internship. Um, we both applied for the internship mm-hmm. yeah. to stay year round, and then we both got the internship. Right, and we ended up 
Yeah, we ended up saying you're wrong. Yeah, so picking up from there, mm-hmm. I was supposed to work on this teen program, leadership development mm-hmm. and um, like character development basically for the mm-hmm. program. But then I also got swindled into working at the before and after school program. And I worked two weeks. There are two different locations. Mike worked at one location for his whole life. Mm-hmm. And I was working at the other location. So we didn't actually meet the summer that we both worked at the camp. Mm-hmm. We met after because we weren't in the same place. So I worked two weeks at the, the secondary or the one location. And then two weeks later, they're like, you're moving over to this location. And I was like, okay, I don't know anything about it. I'm so scared. And then um, I walked in and this goofy guy comes up to me and he's like, hey, welcome. That's exactly how I sound. It didn't sound like that That's exactly how I sound, actually. This is how I play it in my mind. Hey, welcome. I'm going to try to be your friend. And I was like, okay. Is that how you recall it? Same voice and everything. Yeah, no. The voice is actually really hard to get out of my mind now. It's, it's very tough to, so tough to consider. Yeah, now it's there. Now that's, I, I feel like when I hit play back on this, I'm, I'm going to want to redo the whole thing because my voice is not going to sound like what you just described. No, I totally get it. I, I had heard, like, I had been told um, by my boss at the time, they're like, hey, Leslie's coming over to work um, at our location. Um, make sure you get to know her, make sure you get like, cause she's, and I, I get it. Like, I get it. Like the, the location that I was raised in and worked in starting at like 13 on. It was like family. It was like, it was, we are a family. That, yeah. We are My location was the small net. town equivalent of this organization. Yeah. So yes. it'd be me like coming into the small Correct. town. Correct. And so like, I get, so I get the fact that like <laughs> going from like the, the year that you had, the summer that you had experienced yeah. into the location that is I don't know. This is like weird redheaded stepchild. Um, I I get the outward looking in. Like, this is going to be very difficult for you. I was just nervous. I wanted to be accepted, obviously, like anyone does. Oh, I was following instructions. Oh, so you only accepted me because you had to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, if you want to thank anybody for our marriage, you can thank Kat, I guess. Oh, okay. Kat? And, like, if you're you're listening, I guess it's, it's all you. You don't get any royalties from that, but like, thanks. No royalties. No, not even a little bit. But it was it was a difficult dichotomy um, because at the time I was dating somebody from that location. Yes. Um, and like, are we, we getting into that? I don't know. I thought that was we were anyway. Oh. Are, it was an interesting dichotomy because like it was it was my job. I I was very driven by like the expectations of my job, and so my boss, who I respected a lot, a lot, a lot, like she, <clears throat> like the both of them, uh, Cad and Brandon, both like really, really poured into my life. And they were really like instrumental in, in developing me into a leader, into a person. And so part of my expectation that they had put out of me was like, you know, get to know Leslie, make sure she feels comfortable, make sure she knows the ins and outs of the building, blah, blah, blah. Cause there, there are going to be at times where, you know, neither of them were there. And so I needed to be depended on, like to depended to handle this location. It was really, it was a really, really important role to me. Right. Not just like the role of like getting to know you, but like handling this new location. Like new had, responsibilities. Yeah. Like this was them trusting you to like right. take this next step. Right. Up. Yeah. And it was, so it was really important to me. Um, and so I, yeah, it was my job to get to know you. 
And we got along pretty well. And the kids really liked her. And so, like... Medium. The, the kids really liked you? <laughs> That's very dependable upon the day. Oh, no. The kids really like you. <laughs> you, don't dis- you don't discipline the way that I discipline. They really like you. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm 100% positive. They don't, it's, it's the same reason that the kids that you worked with don't like me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See? Okay. There's, like, no rebuttal there. Like, the kids that you had that do not like me because I disciplined them. Like a freaking... What? Drill sergeant? Yeah. Oh, I was going to okay. say something that was not podcast appropriate. Let's go drill sergeant. Drill sergeant is good. Okay. Drill sergeant is good. Um, let's fast forward a little bit. Okay. So that was 2015. Uh, was that the fast forward button? Okay. Let's fast forward a little bit. We started dating in the fall of... Or the summer of 2016. Right. Um, because by then I would sorted out all my relationship crap. Um, and I... <laughs> Story for a different podcast episode. Maybe not also even a different podcast. Maybe we just omit that one. Why? Those are the outtakes. <laughs> we'll, we'll do an outtake podcast. We pod- will not omit that We'll one. do the outtake podcast I and that's like, going to be called... No, no, no. For real, for real though. Marriage counseling is marriage what it's going to be called. <laughs> for real, for real though. I do think that that like really set the foundation of like our communication mm. and our like no, absolutely. honesty with one another. Right. Like, truly. No. We will talk about it later. Absolutely. But not today. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> talking about people who are instrumental is like, <laughs> Leslie's really instrumental in my ability to, in, in my ability to be able to own up to my own crap. And so, that's why I feel like we work really well together. Um, is because she helps me own up to my own crap and I'm comfortable talking about it. And I'm comfortable sitting down and having hard conversations that need to happen and she doesn't. I'm just lazy. <laughs> so as soon as she tells me like there's a need for us to do this, I'm like, okay, let's do it. And we're going to do it right now. And you do it. And then Leslie's like, no. I didn't. She, she's like, we have to talk about something that's really serious. And I'm like, okay, let's do it right now. And she's like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> we're not talking about it right now. Um, we, we started dating in, in the fall of, or the summer of 2016. And we worked at this, in this organization until... You stopped working in what, 2019? 2020. 2020. And I stopped working in 2021. Yes. And so um, we we crossed paths a lot in this organization. I'd like to say we, we rose to a lot of different roles and responsibilities. Right. Um, and we actually ended up as we, <laughs> because we, we went through that stage of like, we were the couple at work and we had, right. there were a lot of talks that we had with our supervisors that were like, you are a couple at work. Be appropriate. Make sure you're like... But yeah, but this is work. Right. And so we had to have that conversation. We had to have that like... And it was good because in the summers we worked at two separate locations. It was fine. We Um, never saw each other. We we really never saw each other. And so it helped kind of set specific boundaries and help us concentrate on what we were working on. Right. But as we got closer, even especially after we got engaged, um, there were a lot of times where the work that we did, we worked directly together just because we were a unit it worked really really well and so professionally we've all, we also struggled with i mean essentially our marriage was put to te- put to the test at work because we were coming head to head with one another at work over things that we did not agree on right and just like normal work mm-hmm. problems it would be like right. if your two you know bosses were also married and yeah. had to communicate effectively mm-hmm. right. about work problems mm-hmm. so it was really interesting, like, trying to figure out, especially, like, the way we would speak to each other. We would have to kind of, like, reel it in, and we have to be, like, we are at work. We speak to each mm-hmm. other. Like, like I remember there was one time you, like, raised your voice at me once at mm-hmm. the at the office, and I yeah. was, like, 
This yeah. is the office. Like, yeah. this is not, you would not do this to anyone else except me because right. we have the, yeah. like, the relationship and the backing yeah. and we know that we have each other's back. And I was like, you would not, you would not speak this way to anyone right. else. So like, don't speak this way to me. And you were like, you're right. Yeah. I'm sorry. You know, right. I think it was that exact same talk where, um, there, I don't remember what it was. I think there was a situation where you were like, I don't feel like doing this. Like, this is not something that I'm, I'm going to be doing. And I'm like, I don't really care how you feel right now. This is like the job that needs to get done. Yeah. And so, um, like, this is the job that I need you to get done because you have the specific talents to be able to do so. And I need mm-hmm. you to be able to do it. Um, and we ran into friction like that because there were times where our brains and our minds had to reset and think like, you know, we're not at home, we're at work. Well, and we were in two different roles. And so mm -hmm. I was prioritizing one thing because that was my role and you were prioritizing a different thing because that was your role. Right. That was your job was to put this other thing first. And so it was really interesting, like having to work together. And again, I think that even though that was a really difficult time, Mm -hmm. it wasn't really difficult. It was hard, but it was like, yeah we had to just figure a lot of things out. Mm -hmm. And I think that even though it was difficult, it really made us better communicators and Mm -hmm. made us more aware of each other and who the other person was basically. Right. And it was, it was also really telling of our relationship to other people. Um, because there's a lot of people who had like a closer relationship to me that needed something out of Leslie who would approach me and they would say like, Hey, can you get Leslie to do X, Y, and Z? And I had to tell, I had to look back at them and tell them like, you can go and talk to her about that. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not my job. I'm not her supervisor. So if you want this out of her, you need to go and talk to her. I'm not going to be your medium. Yeah. Um, but what also, what I really found what was the most difficult personally was, especially after we got married was we would, man, we had a weird marriage story also because we got married at this location. Like we got married on the campgrounds legally legally um but we would have to turn around and we would have to go home and so a lot like a lot of people don't have to like you know i work my job now i go down to the basement all day in the corporate american machine and then i come back upstairs and like seldom do i ever bring work upstairs with me yes very very seldom do i ever bring work up with me just because that's like work is for work family is for family and that's Mm -hmm. really important to me Excuse me. And that was really, really difficult not to bring work home, especially because we worked in the exact same place. And we worked 12, 14, 16 hour days. Right. It and was so very difficult. You really had like the majority of your day was spent doing this job. Mm-hmm. And then you come home and like, again, our jobs were intertwined. And so I had comments about things that were happening at your location. And so it was just like, we had to really balance, but I will say, babe, like we aren't like other people necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people do bring work home and they do, you know, talk about that. And I think that's an important thing to bring up. There, there does have to be boundaries and there has to be like, Oh, 100%. Like that's something that we talked about. We were like on the weekends or whatever. I don't even remember what parameters we had now, but we were, we were like 8 PM. No, no I do remember that. What, I rem- what was it? I do remember that because we would, what we would do, especially once COVID had hit, um, we, we had said like, let's fine. We can work up to a certain point. We, I think it was, I genuinely think it was seven o'clock. Was it? Yeah. Cause it was seven o'clock. No, it wasn't. It was dinner. It was as soon as dinner, dinner. was made work. There was no more work talk Love because that. we found ourselves getting really heated and it was us. <laughs> and then our roommate at the time, um, who's one of our best friends, yes. um, still to this day, uh, we lived with him for what, three, four years, five years. Yeah, what? a good amount of time. Um, 
because that's just how expensive Montgomery County is. <laughs> um, also very different. Um, but we, he also worked at this at this organization with us, yes. and so all three of us, we we had to like sit down at a table and be like, look, once dinner hits this table, no more shop talk. Yes, like we're done because we were like pulling our hair out until like 10 p.m. over things that we either didn't agree with, didn't agree with one another on, yeah. or just we just hadn't finished. Yeah. And so we had to draw boundaries. boundaries. And we had, yeah, we absolutely had to draw boundaries and say like, work is important, but work is important for a specific purpose. And, and time. And time. Yeah. And time. And so we were putting so much focus and energy into our focus on work that we wouldn't putting we were not excuse me putting our focus and energy into one another right and so we had to draw a specific line and that's when you could stay up way later than you do now like i feel like 7 p.m right now you're out yeah like it doesn't make accurate it, like <laughs> like, you, like there's a switch in your head that just shuts off like 6 30 p.m i wish i could flip it back babe. i wish i could be i honestly see it in your eyes right now i think that you want to pass out right now i could immediately okay but I will, yeah, I just think that that is something that really was important to mm. us. And because that time of our life, our right. career was so all-encompassing that we had to, like, be super intentional about spending literally any time together because we gave so much to mm. this place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, don't <clears throat> get me wrong. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. And I don't regret, you know, how I developed or how Leslie developed as a person in that time period. But I think that the story that those lessons tell makes, you know, the conversations that we have relevant. Yeah. You know, like this podcast is going to be a lot of um, having difficult conversations and discussing how to have difficult conversations, um, even though you don't want to. And like our views are very different on a lot of different things, but that doesn't mean that we can't coexist. Right. Um, like, <clears throat> what is it? What, what, what did you say the other day? Um, like the pain, like what was your pain point while we were dating? Oh, my pain point while we were dating, 100%. That's what, yeah. Every time, like, things were difficult, like, I was like, we should just break up. <laughs> Even now. No. She's like, what do you want for dinner? I was like, I don't know. And she's like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> um, no, but that, and that's very different for me because I needed to learn whenever she started ranting about something, she sometimes just needed me to listen. And every time she started saying like, this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. All my brain was hearing like, well, all my hair brain was hearing was fix this, fix this, fix this, fix this. And so I started suggesting ways, okay, well, I can do this or we can do this or mm -hmm. this is the things that can change. She was just like, I don't need you. I just need you to shut up and listen. I don't need you to fix anything. And so I needed to make that distinction. And so the pain point there was that life isn't supposed to be easy and fun all the time. Yeah. My dad literally tells everyone like... He has four daughters and he tells all of us, he's like, if it ain't fun, run. That's what he tells all of us. And I'm like, dad, thank you so much. I understand the sentiment. Wow. Thank you so much. Of what you're saying. Dad, if you're listening to this, you won't be. Wow. Thank you so much. But, um, Can you imagine? He has no idea how to operate a podcast. <laughs> I think he would try for us, but. No, absolutely <laughs> not. If it wasn't about WWE, he's not listening to this podcast. Should we fight and then he'll watch? No, he would not like that at all. Oh. I would get nobody in my corner. It would be everybody versus me. And I'd win. Well. <laughs> anyway, so dad's good old saying, if it ain't fun, run. And then I was like, oh, this isn't fun right now at this moment. And so yeah. I would be like, Mike, I think we should just break up. And then he's like, 
I think you can just maybe sit in your uh, discomfort for one second. And I was like, can't. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, like I... <laughs> feelings to me are very new. It's a very, it's a, They're very enigmatic to me. And I'm learning more about feelings as my son grows up because he's starting to experience all these different feelings and he can't figure out how to put them into words. And so that's why I'm really glad I have Leslie because I don't do feelings. Like I had a lot of criers that I worked with because mm-hmm. it, was, it was really grueling. It was like, you know, things that... You went through on a day-to-day basis and, you know, bearing the weight of the, the issues that these kids brought to you. It was really grueling. Tough, yeah. uh, I didn't cope by crying through those things. But, like, <laughs> some of the people that I worked with that I really care about did. Yeah. And I had no idea how to handle it. Because, like I said, I had to learn in my marriage, like, do you want me to just listen or do you want me to fix this? Because every time something difficult came up, it just became a task. And I'm like, okay, look. So let's do it. You're not comfortable. Let's let's make sure that the next time we come across this situation, you're not comfortable again, or you're more, more comfortable. comfortable. Yes, yeah. Well, I think that's why. Again, like even though we're so different, why we make a good pair is because for me, like I needed someone. Like my dad is such like a consistent person. Right. He is like. I agree. I am this, and I will never be anything else other than this. I agree. One hundred percent. Like. I think that that can have its faults, but I think for the most part, like that impacted my life a lot. And mm-hmm. it was something mm-hmm. that I really wanted. And I think something that like drew me to you was that whenever I was like, well, I think we have to break up today <laughs> that you were like, no, I mean, I remember very distinctly one time you were like, is that what you actually want? And I was like, not really, but, <laughs> and then you were like, then we're not going to break up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's going to be oh, here so, for me. So you admit that even back then you had no idea what you wanted. What do I want Ever. for dinner tonight? You have no, no, you, I have we have no a meal clue. plan. We know what you want. We, we know what we have for dinner. Whether you want it or not is a different <laughs> question and come two hours from now. So that was something that I'm sure was very annoying to you, but again like really impacted my relationship and like we both come from divorced Mm -hmm. parents Mm -hmm. which we haven't touched on yet but that was something that was very important to me was I was like I don't want to get a divorce like my parents divorced when I was 16 and it was really really difficult it was extremely like (laughs) confusing and it was very like it was too much and I never yeah I don't even feel like I took on the blame like a lot mm-hmm. of kids do. Yeah. Like I did. Yeah, I feel like a lot of kids think that it's their fault and I don't even feel like I I don't think I felt that way, but it was still really really yeah, tough oh, and bet. something to like really overcome. Yeah. Um and so I always knew like I one time someone asked me to like to write down my non-negotiables of like dating like the person that I wanted to marry and I was like I want them to ha- like have divorced parents because I want them to know what it feels like. I want them yeah. to like Kind of feel that pain and know because that propels us on to like not have that for our mm-hmm. kids you know mm-hmm. like right to work through whatever so that we don't have mm-hmm. to our kids don't have to feel the way we felt that right makes sense. and that actually reminds me of like a, a, another point at which you and i are, are quite different in the sense that like i feel like at your core familiarity is really really important to you like feelings and places of familiarity that can give you a similar feeling to what you you love and enjoy excites you is that my fair in that? Yeah. Okay. Like, am I a homebody? No. Like, I feel like the places that <laughs> the places that we go 
give you a familiar like all the places that you've enjoyed that we've traveled they all give you the same familiar feeling yeah whereas like the airport you hate the airport because you have absolutely no idea what's going to show up at the airport and you have absolutely no idea what's going to go on. You what are sweating if, You are sweating right now thinking about going to the airport. What I told you? My heart rate just jumped up. <laughs> I'm telling you, I live for that stuff. Like, that's so funny that you said that because when I was thinking about it in my mind, like, I wanted to marry somebody who had parents who were still together. Sorry, because, bro. <laughs> because because I had I wanted to do a new perspective because I, I was yeah. like what does this feel like what does it look like how does this change the way that a person was raised how does yeah. this change the way that that kind of person raises a child you know that, yeah. that was, that's really important to me and so I think that's another way and another thing that you guys can expect to, to hear us kind of come head to head on um, I just want to interject for one thing if that's okay yep this is what our son does I got an idea um, I will say this is not proven or backed by any kind of fact because I know not very many people who have their parents still together, but I really do feel like people who come from divorced parents, like have a different perspective on it. Like, I know you said like you wanted, you wanted a different, a different perspective. A different, a different perspective on what? On what? On like staying together. Right. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. Like, I feel like we have a different sure. level of commitment to staying together because our parents have split. 100%. 100%. Even though the statistics, here's what the statistics do say. What is they, they do say that you and I have the propensity, have a higher propensity to get divorced because that is what we know. Is that a real statistic? Yes. We can dive into that in a different episode. Yeah. I just wrote it down on a bullet point because I think it is good. I think we should because. I agree. I, I think don't it'll know. be good. I think it's. I don't know. I don't know what it's like to have not divorced parents. So I guess I can't speak to that. But Me neither. Maybe, maybe. We can hope that for a child, for a yeah, son. That like when my son starts a podcast or whatever <laughs> happens in the next, you know, 20 years. It'll be something new. Yeah, it'll be something great. Maybe it'll be like a... I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, I, don't know. I don't have time. We don't have the time to be able to cover what I think his podcast is going to be about. <laughs> right now, it would be about robots. I'm a dancing robot. It would be about robots and it would be about... Um, Star Wars, probably. Yeah, probably. Probably robots in Star Wars, specifically yeah. the droids in Star Wars, is yeah. probably what he would really he would talk about. Really, he's a niche. And and he he won't stop talking. Like we're gonna stop here soon, um, but he will not stop. He would talking. never. He would. Ne- it would be an all long ongoing like four hour podcast. Yeah. And the only reason he would stop is because I pulled the plug. And people would eat. They would. They would. Go, <laughs> they would go bonkers. They would go bananas for they that, that robot podcast. Um, but. As we close out, um, at the end of every one of our podcast sessions, what we want to do is kind of give you a couple of points that both of us got um, from the content that we just shared. Um, and, you know, it's like a too long, didn't listen, <laughs> or like too <laughs> yeah. long, didn't read. You can um, so if you fast guys, forward. Yeah, if you guys didn't care about anything we just said, go ahead and skip to 42, 44. <laughs> and like this is when we're going to start giving you the points to, to listen to. So if you were to give uh, one point of something that you felt like was a good takeaway from today's episode, what would you say? I think for me, just looking back and like being reminded of all the things that like we've been through and overcome, like communication right. in the difficulty is key. Right, right. And I know that sounds so cliche, like communication is key, but I think that's why I want to add my little caveat, mm-hmm. communication in the difficulty, because there, there are things that like both of us brought up, mm-hmm. like when we were in those difficult conversations yeah. that the other person said 
that like stuck with us and changed our perspective and gave us clarity and gave us perspective on the other person and what they're going through. And to me, I think that that, if that could have a value on it, like that value would be high for us to get to know each other better and to communicate better. Yeah, absolutely. I would totally give our younger selves that point. Yeah. And to, to piggyback off of your point, my point is that like, um, you will come across difficult situations. Yeah. You will come across situations in your life that are not fun and they're going to suck. Mm-hmm. They're going to suck a lot. And so I don't want you to be discouraged when you come across a situation and I don't want you to come across that and say like, oh, I'm doing something really, really wrong. Yes. Um, I want you to come across that situation and be like, okay, this is, there's something here that I get to learn from and there's yeah. something here that I can apply so that I can become a better person tomorrow in three days in a month and it it might it might take you a month to get through that kind of crap right but you're not going to learn anything you're not going to become anybody new and you're definitely not going to go back to being fun if you just sit in it right you've got to be able to work through it so if you go if you if you're in the pits of hell put your head down and keep going um and the way yeah and um so the piece of advice and you can go give yours next before we close piece of advice that i would give you based off of um this podcast episode specifically is that if you're anything like me, um, learn to differentiate in a conversation, whether it is time for you to fix something or time for you to listen. I think that was really, really, really <clears throat> instrumental in, in me growing as a person. What, what would be your application? You're going to hate my application, but I'm going to say it anyways. Okay. <laughs> my application is talk about your feelings and get better about pinpointing your feelings and communicating them honestly, right. because the people who care about you and love you and want the best for you are going to listen, accept and understand and, and try to help with those feelings. Mm -hmm. And we talk about all the time where I'm like, if I'm pissing you off, like I don't want to continue doing that. So you have to tell me your feelings so that I can change my behavior and that we can see the same page. Yeah. No, no, I completely understand that. And like that, when you say that it really strikes a point in me, like, if you don't want me to continue pissing you off, you need to tell me what I'm doing wrong so I don't do that again. And so, like, that yeah. that hits my, like, efficiency brain hard. Yeah, we and love so I that. hope it hits your efficiency brains hard, too, <laughs> because I hope there are more people out there like me. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, anyway, that's all we got for today. Um, we're going to try to keep it... Honestly, we said we were going to try to keep it around 30 minutes, but we are... 16 minutes and five seconds over what we said we were going to do. We are just going to organically talk about things. It's going to be fun. Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're planning on releasing an episode every week. Yes. Um, So please please be sure to uh, tune in um, to all of those things. If you enjoyed it, share it. Tell your friends all about it. If you didn't enjoy it, don't tell me. You can tell me. If you have feedback, you can tell me. And then I'll tell Mike. (laughs) And then I'll find you. (laughs) And then you will be on the WWE um, SmackDown podcast version. And her dad will eat that up. Yep. Absolutely eat it up. Alan Smith will be watching. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have a fantastic week. We will catch you back here next time on at Nail the Talk. Movies. Not at the movies. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye.